Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Jufri Prince Andrew suit goes ahead despite Epstein deal. Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union urges immediate action on establishment of National Minimum Wage Advisory Committee. Liat workers plan to stage protests. Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court e-litigation portal moves into second phase. Jamaica's government providing internet for schools close to fiber infrastructure. UN marks anniversary of devastating 2010 Haiti earthquake and JetBlue is cutting 17 routes to include Caribbean and Latin American countries in 2022. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, January 12th. We start our report today with a look at the Epstein deal involving Prince Andrew. My View News via the Associated Press reports that a judge has has denied dismissal lawsuit against Britain's Prince Andrew by an American woman who says he sexually abused her when she was 17. Stressing Wednesday that he wasn't ruling on the truth of the allegations, U.S. District Judge Louis A. Kaplan rejected an argument by Prince Andrew's lawyers that Virginia Jufri's lawsuit should be thrown out at an earlier stage because of an old legal settlement she had reached with Jeffrey Epstein, the financier she claimed set up sexual encounters with the prince. Kaplan said the $500,000 settlement between Epstein and Jufri didn't involve the prince and didn't bar a suit against him now. The AP does not typically identify people who say they are victims of sexual assault unless they choose to come forward publicly as Jufri has. Antigua Newsroom reports that General Secretary of the Antigua and Barbuda's Workers' Union, David Messiah, has written to the Minister of Labor, the Honorable Stedroy Benjamin, urging expeditious actions towards the establishment of a National Minimum Wage Advisory Committee. The creation of the said committee is in accordance with Section C-21 and 22 of the Antigua-Barbuda Labor Code. The latest correspondence to the labor minister follows a previous communication on January 10, 2020, requesting the appointment of the National Minimum Wage Advisory Committee. Messiah has expressed concerns that some categories of workers are being plunged into further economic hardship by the inaction of the labor minister. The most recent review of the minimum wage took place in 2014. The recommendations emerging from the review were subsequently implemented in 2015. The Antigua Observer reports that former Liat workers are still fighting to be paid more than 120 EC million dollars owed in severance and other entitlements have hinted at staging a protest action. Yesterday, Arian Blanchard, the Barbados executive member for the Leeward Island Airline Pilots Association, disclosed on a local radio station that plans for a protest are in the works. The next move right now is we plan to protest in a few days, and this is going to take place in the Liat Network. Owned by a handful of Caribbean shareholding governments, Liat 1974 Limited has provided crucial regional connectivity for decades. But as with many businesses during the COVID-19 pandemic, had to fold, 
giving birth to a new downsize incarnation of the regional carrier, which has been operating a reduced schedule with a limited workforce since November 2020. Around a dozen pilots are among those employed, but the bulk of the carrier's former staff have been left out in the cold. HaitiNews.net reports that on January 12, 2010, a 7.0 magnitude earthquake struck Haiti, leaving its capital, Port-au-Prince, devastated. About 220 people were reportedly killed, among them 102 United Nations staff who lost their lives when the building housing the mission there collapsed. Paying tribute to the victims, the UN in Haiti remember not only the hundreds of thousands of Haitians who lost lost their lives 12 years ago, but also the many thousands more who sustained permanent injuries. At the time, some 300,000 people were injured, and 1.5 million became homeless during the 35-second-long tremor. Last August, another large earthquake hit the southern region of the country, killing more than 2,200 and injuring over 12,000 people and leaving thousands of homes destroyed. In a statement issued by the U.N. office, the organization renewed its commitment to work alongside the Haitian people and with the country's friends and supporters. The U.N. is on the ground continuing to work on long-term reconstruction, helping communities to build a sustainable, inclusive, and brighter future for Haiti. Grenada now reports that citizens of Grenada and the OECS are seeking swift dispensation of justice throughout the court's jurisdiction can now rest assured the implementation of the e-litigation portal has moved into its second phase. Chief Justice, Her Ladyship the Honorable Dame Janice M. Pereri, DBE, in her address to mark the virtual opening of the law year 2022 on Tuesday, January 11, proudly announced the region's judicial system has fully embraced technology in the administration of justice during the current global pandemic. E-Litigation Portal is an integrated e-filing and case management web-based application that provides court users and all stakeholders with access to assigned services anytime, anywhere, on any device, including smartphones, tablets, laptops, and desktops. Grenada's court system officially joined the virtual platform in June 2021, followed by St. Vincent and the Grenadines and Dominica in October, marking the integration of all member territories on the e-litigation portal. The Honorable Chief Justice said that the e-litigation portal embarks on its second phase. This phase will see the expansion of types of matters filed and managed in the portal to include high court family and criminal matters. I have no doubt that this expansion will be a much welcome development leading to speedier resolution of cases and greater cost savings to many more court users. Figures represented on the court's progress in 2021 indicate that the court heard 351 appeals 
full court sitting and 437 matters in chamber hearings. The court also delivered 66 written judgments and 258 oral judgments, totaling 324 cases resolved. These figures mean that the number of cases filed and resolved at the appellate level was on par with data from pre-COVID-19. Jamaica Information Service reports that the government of Jamaica has started the onboarding of 362 schools that are in close proximity to its fiber infrastructure. This was disclosed by Jamaica's Minister of Education and Ute, the Honorable Faval Williams, during a statement to the House of Representatives on January 11th. Of the 362 schools, connectivity work has started at 43 schools and 30 have been fully connected. For the remaining 661 schools that are not in close proximity to the government's fiber infrastructure, we are far advanced with a national procurement of internet supply for our schools, Mrs. Williams said. Additionally, the ministry is advanced in the plan to upgrade the network capabilities of schools so that there is Wi-Fi access in all classrooms to enable teachers to manage a blended environment in which some students will be in remote virtual environment while others are in the physical classroom on a rotational basis. 721 News reports that the Central Bank Van Curacao in St. Martin in close collaboration with Worldline and the local commercial bank, has implemented the basic infrastructure for the instant payment. As a result of the January 15, 2022, all interbank payments in and between Curacao and St. Martin will now be processed within a few seconds, 24 hours a day, and 365 days per year. This will also be the case for interbank payments between the banks in Bonaire, with the exception of two local commercial banks, which will join later in 2022. All banks in Curacao, St. Martin and Bonaire are participating in the Instant Payments Clearinghouse Settlement Mechanism. The Instant Payment Clearing and Settlement Mechanism developed by Worldline fully complies with International Standards and International Standards Organization 2022. With the introduction of the Instant Payment CMS, the Central Bank Van Curacao and St. Martin is one of the first financial institutions to make use of a dual currency system for instant payments. This means that now interbank transactions made both in the Netherlands Antilles guilders and U.S. dollars are processed within just a few seconds, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. The implementation by the Central Bank Van Curacao and St. Martin is a logical next step after the earlier introduction of instant payments by the Central Bank of Aruba. Instant payments is on its way to becoming the new global payment standard. The Times of India reports that the rising cricket stars from around the world are all set to take center stage as the 14th edition of the ICC Men's U19 Cricket World Cup kickstarts on January 14th in the West Indies. 
For the first time in the history of the biennial extravaganza, the Caribbean islands will be hosting the tournament that will see a total of 48 matches across four venues, Antigua, Guyana, St. Kitts and Trinidad, with Sir Vivian Richards Stadium in North Sound hosting the Summit Clash. A total of 16 teams will be competing to lay their hands on the title. The teams have been divided into four groups where they will lock horns in round-robin style to progress to the plate and Super League's phases. The final showdown is set for February 5th. Four-time champion of India for 2000, 2008, 2012, and 2018, who are the most successful team in the history of the tournament, will once again be strong title contenders and will be led by the dynamic Yash Dol from Delhi. He will be hoping to become the third Indian captain from Delhi to lead India to the U-19 World Cup title. The upcoming edition of the U-19 World Cup in the West Indies, the upcoming edition of the U-19 World Cup in the West Indies includes participating teams from Afghanistan, Australia, Bangladesh, Canada, England, India, Ireland, Pakistan, Pau-Pau New Guinea, Scotland, South Africa, Sri Lanka, Uganda, the UAE, West Indies, and Zimbabwe. The dates of the tournament will run from January 14th, that's tomorrow, Friday, January 14th through February 5th. And the teams are set in groupings. The groupings are Group A, Bangladesh, England, Canada, and the UAE. Group B, India, Ireland, South Africa, Uganda. Group C, Afghanistan, Pakistan, PNG, Zimbabwe, and Group D, Australia, Scotland, Sri Lanka, and the West Indies. Antigua Newsroom reports that JetBlue is canceling 17 of its routes in 2022. The airline is mostly cutting routes that it added during the pandemic in hopes of luring in more passengers. A JetBlue representative in a statement said, As a part of our ongoing review of our network, this spring we'll end services on 17 routes that have underperformed and transition a handful of markets to seasonal. About 65% of the slash routes are to Latin America and the Caribbean destinations. Three of the 17 routes cut were from Cancun, Mexico, and two were from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Flights to Antigua, Bermuda, and Colombia were also cut. Taking a slightly different track, two flights from Bozeman, Montana, were also eliminated. The airport sits near several major outdoor destinations, including Yellowstone National Park. Even with these reductions, most of which operated less than daily, we still expect our 2022 schedule to be our biggest ever and will continue to grow our fleet with new aircraft throughout the year, JetBlue's statement continued. For more information on the cancellations, you can see the full listing on AntiguaNewsroom.com. And finally, St. Martin Island Times reports that Air Canada has announced the suspension of its flights to 15 Caribbean destinations, including Santo Domingo, Puerto Plata, and Samania. The airline has attributed the measure due to the current pandemic. 
Throughout a communication sent to its main commercial partners and airport operators, the airline signaled its concerns about the rise of the COVID-19 variant in the Caribbean region. Air Canada's operations were restored after opening the Canadian market to tourism from the Dominican Republic after more than 15 months of interruption of air traffic between the country and Canada due to COVID-19 restrictions. The Ministry of Public Health reported last Monday, January 10th, 5,155 new cases of people infected with COVID-19 in the largest bulletin marked with a number of 662 issued by that institution. Behind the flight suspensions is a drop in travel demand. Such a drop is driven by the rapidly spreading of the Omicron variant and by governments encouraging people not to travel unless necessary. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, January 13th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here, Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.